Welcome to another episode of Speaking of Fantasy Football with your hosts Derek, Ian, Zach, and myself, Mike. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit at SOFF Podcast. On today's episode, we'll be telling you why age is just a number. We'll be having our live 4 for 4 draft, updating you on some news in our pains and gains segment, as well as letting you know how we're doing and what the current state of the SFL is with Devil. Hope you enjoy the episode, and without further ado, speaking of fantasy football. Hey, so I wanted to talk to you guys for a minute about this new trade mediator tool from Front Yard Fantasy. Uh, a few weeks ago, I saw this Reddit post um, where this guy, he shared his vision for a trade mediator tool, um, which I believe will be an app soon. Um, and what it does is that it allows you to sort of rank and value your players and you share the tool with your league mates and they can rank and value their players. And then their system goes in and sort of creates potential trade offers and it, it provides you with these potential trade offers. You, you say, I'm interested, I'm not interested, things like that. And then it shares those results between the two of you, and then it's it helps you come up with trades. It helps you come up with offers without having to go through all these conversations, without trying to really decipher how your league mates value their players. Because as we know, as fantasy owners, you know the market value isn't quite as important as how much the owner values his guys. You know. Um, you know, certain owners value different posi- positions differently, uh, more than others, less than others. Um, so at the end of the day, this tool should really help, uh, you know, change the landscape in fantasy trading. Um, so I think it's a really neat idea, and I've been invi- I've been invited to the beta test. Um, I'm gonna share it with Derek and Mike and Zach, and we're gonna try it out for, you know couple weeks until it fully rolls out but uh yeah we'll get back to you guys share share how we feel about it see how much we really like it and hopefully if it if it's everything I think it'll be then you know we'll be really we'll be really pushing for you guys to to maybe download and try it out because it seems like a really cool idea so uh thanks for thanks for listening about that and again that is uh front yard fantasy All right, guys, we're going to our main segment of the week called Age is Just a Number. It's kind of a reverse of last week's topic where we talked about uh, underproducing studs and overproducing young players, you know, uh, newcomers. And so this week we're talking about players like really pretty old players, guys who've been in the league for a while who people kind of skipped out on on the draft you know, a lot of lower ADP because they thought, well, you know, he's older. This is about the time a guy like that should drop off type of situation who have been overproducing uh, versus rookies who everyone drafted fairly highly and then actually haven't been meeting expectations. Um, not that a lot of rookies have been, but, you know, there's a lot of these guys in here where they they got they got drafted as sometimes, you know, RB2s, and they're not meeting those expectations. So we're going to talk about that. Um, For the data, I pulled uh, the criteria is that every player, um, the ADP had to have been below 200 to be considered draftable. 
Um, the current positional ranking has to deviate from the positional ADP by 10. So, you know, if their ADP was 50, then if it deviates to 40 or 60, so that would be that criteria there. Um, positional ranking is decided by points per games played, you know, buys and missed games are not, are not included in the average. Um, old players are considered as old when they reach certain specific ages, QB 35, running back 28, wide receiver and tight end age 30, um, just so we're um, consistent there. And the positional ADP is pulled from Sleeper's 2019 PPR redraft data. So so that's the criteria there. Um, now we're just going to we're gonna hop in. Uh, does anybody want to jump on somebody specific first? Uh, I'd, I'll jump in on uh, David Montgomery. Okay. Sure. Uh, he uh, he personally was a big target for me because of all the hype. Uh, I mean, all of the things that are coming out. He was good pass catcher, good runner, very elusive, most uh, broken or missed tackles in college. I mean, th- there's so much hype on this guy coming out, and I was drafting him usually as my – RB3 thinking I was going to be getting a fringe RB1, you know, the fourth, fifth, sixth round, whatever, wherever I was getting them at. And uh, so far, he's been not getting any passing work because Tariq Cohen's been taking it. And uh, this actually, this last week, he barely got any work. And uh, I've just been really disappointed in him, uh, especially having him on many, many teams. And uh, just, I, I don't know what to do with this guy anymore. Um, so Montgomery for me, he's one of those that I didn't necessarily believe in. I mean, at least in redraft leagues, I'm not going to say I avoid him in dynasty necessarily, but in terms of uh, redraft this year, I tried to avoid him just because I don't know what it is about that Bears offense. Like, it might just be Mitch, it might just be Jordan Howard's usage that just turned me away from him. Um, so I, I think I drafted him in one league specifically, and that was only because it was third round and he was there and I was like yeah I mean everyone's hyped on him for a reason it seems like so I might give him a chance and I'm glad that was the only place I got him because you know for our data he was um, positionally he was the the 18th running back off the board and he's currently the 43rd in points per points per games played which is pretty I mean that's not even RB3 that's that's pretty bad so yeah that's yeah I mean like that's not someone you really even want on your team I mean at all. I mean, like I guess he could. Maybe there's upside, but that, that Bears offense has proven pretty bad. I mean, maybe it's Nagy. Maybe it's Mitch. I don't know. But besides Allen Robinson, I don't want anything to do with any of them. Yeah, no, I agree. I avoided Montgomery and Sanders both, like the plague, in all drafts this year, even Dynasty. I didn't care. I just didn't feel like that they it was going to shake out anytime soon with those offenses. So mm-hmm. I'm right there with you guys. Um, I'm going to hit the other side of the board. I'm going to go to the old timers and I got to get to talk about my, my boy, Jason Witten. Um, I mean, 37 years old coming back out of retirement. And he's looked awesome. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, awesome for his age. I, I mean, obviously we've had some huge breakout tight ends this year, <laughs> but awesome for a 37 year old. Tenant. He has no less than four targets a game. One of the games, he had seven targets, and, I mean, he's catching almost all of them. I think he's <laughs> he went four for four, five for seven, three for four, four for four. 
and it just kind of keeps that pattern the whole way through. I mean, what, what more do you want out of a just reliable check down guy? He's got two, t- two touchdowns on the league. I mean, just he's with, with the tight end wasteland. He's startable every week, in my opinion. I would, at least in 12-team leagues, I'd even, you know, approach startable in 10-team leagues, especially if you got a another owner who's hoarding, you know, more than one of the top, top-ish, you know, uh, tier tight ends, you know. I'd start him in a 10-team league every week if I needed to, and I wouldn't think twice about it. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, I am a Cowboys sure. fan. <laughs> no, I, I think he's a... Uh... I think it's 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 indicative of the uh, of the tight end landscape for sure. But I think that he's definitely you know he's worth taking a look at. the 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 weirdest thing to me about it is not even fancy related. It's just so funny to see him out there playing. You know, after watching him on TV yeah. all last year, it's just it's just kind of funny. <laughs> I find myself like just shows you how easy shows you how easy the NFL is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I find myself cringing like or, if I'm watching the game, I see him catch a ball like, oh, don't hurt grandpa kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it's either how easy the NFL is or how bad the Cowboys are. Sorry, oh, Derek. Oh, just <laughs> a minute. Ooh. Ooh. You know, we did lose two pretty bad ones, Ooh. but you know, I'll take that. I'll take it. I'm I'm just really glad that I'm when I when I do see him on TV now, I don't have to hear him talk anymore. <laughs> True. I don't think anyone can argue that point. And with I mean, that one, who's next? <laughs> Um, I guess I'd like to talk about uh, Golden Tate. Um, you know, he's on the older side now. He's 31, um, which, you know, I guess wide receivers nowadays isn't terribly old. I mean, once you cross that 30-year-old threshold, I mean, people just start to look down on you. But Golden Tate was one of those where he went to the Giants and more or less replaced Odell Beckham as the wide receiver one. Um but he had the suspension, so you weren't really sure, you know. And, you know, he was drafted in every league. Like, he was drafted as the 46th overall wide receiver, um, which, as we know, with, with wide receivers, you know, there's a lot more points at the 46 as opposed to running backs. Um, but Golden Tate, he's one of those guys, you know, he's always been great after the catch. Um, as long as he's getting targets, and he is, um, or he he should be. I mean, he only played what that one game, I guess, um, so far. But you know, if Daniel Jones wants to target him, and it looks like he probably will, even in an offense with a bunch of other targets, I mean, he should be fine. I don't see why he would really drop off from any other years. I mean, I think he's been top ten at points, but he's. I think he's consistently about a you know a fifteen to twenty five guy. Um, like the 15th best to 25th best wide receiver. And I don't, sure. I don't see as long as he's on the field, I don't see why that way it'd be any different. Yeah. And I mean, he's always, you know, he's always made his money, but being a, a yak guy. So it's not, it's not that he necessarily needs a, you know, quarterback who's going to throw the ball deep or anything like that so much as he just needs opportunities mm-hmm. and he'll be successful. So, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it in the, uh, in the old guys camp. And, um, Two, two guys I actually want to talk about, both running backs, um, and that's the uh, Mark Ingram. He's had a, he's had a, a, a really great, you know, showing as far as for a guy who just switched teams. He's an older, you know, an older player. He's not he's not he's never been really like, a, you know, one of the elites. He's never been the top three, top five. You know, he's always been part of a successful running scheme because the Saints have just 
done that well in the last couple of years. But uh, it's good to see him over there in in, uh, in Baltimore doing doing decent things. And and you know at the beginning of the season you weren't really sure if it was going to be, um, you know, if it was going to be his show or if it was going to be you know him and Gus. Um, or if, you know, Justice Hill was going to come in and, and, and take the job and, and Gus has gotten a little bit more work and, and, you know, I'm not as Mark Ingram still has not been a world beater by any means, but, you know, he's one of those guys that if you have him as your RB2, you're just, you're really glad, you know, that, that you got him. He's, uh, he's gonna, you know, he's not going to win you a week, but he's going to keep you from having to worry about that position. Um, and then the, the other guy I'd mention is, uh, is not necessarily even as exciting as, as Mark Ingram might be, but that's Frank Gore. He's uh, just, you know, the Iron Man of the league. And, and it's funny, I, I wanted to mention earlier when we were talking about guys that are, you know, kind of injury prone and, and knowing prone or just uh, had a bad injury history. And, and there was a time when Frank Gore was actually considered injury prone. And, you know, now he's one of the oldest, if not the oldest running back um, in the league. And he's, you know, he's considered this this stalwart, you know, guy. So that's just uh, that's just a little side note there. He's he's pretty steady, but I think uh, you know I wanted to mention him more because I'm not sure where his future uh, value will be because I think that Devin Singletary is gonna uh, he's gonna do pretty well in that offense, and and you know they they're kind of easing him back in. I think that's probably um, what the his usage this past week was indicative of um, more than more than just them giving him a light light work so much as I think that they're just easing him back in after his injury and he wasn't on the injury report this week so he's gotten zero designation I think that's what they were looking for um, and I, I think Singletary is going to be the guy to own there and he's gonna uh, he looked great and limited work before he got injured so I think that while Gore will always be the service will back up and he's going to get carries on whatever team he's on because he just he just is, and he's earned that, you know, with his career. But uh, I think that his his days, you know, maybe in the NFL, but maybe just with the Bills are numbered. Yeah, so Frank Gore, um, he is, you know, ageless wonder, like you said. He kind of pisses me off um, for fantasy purposes for a couple reasons. He just keeps ending up in places that have young, talented running backs. And yeah. they just keep – he keeps eating into their workload and not giving them the time of day. You know, Marlon Mack a couple of years ago, Kenyon Drake, uh, Devin Singletary. And it's like I get that he's he's still producing, but I just – I hate that they're being limited because I can see that they're talented players. Marlon Mack proves that he can be really good without anyone in front of him. Kenyon Drake, I don't know that has been really given that a real opportunity, but – Devin Singletary, I'd love to see what he can do with a full workload. Um, yeah. And I just, with Frank Gore there, who knows? I hope, like you said, he, this, his days are numbered um, in, in Buffalo because I want to see Devin Singletary um, further on. But, you know, I just, it's hard to have a guy like that. Like you could, I, I could complain and, and say, you know, what about the young guys? Or maybe I could own him and say, hey, I've got Frank Gore. He's a consistent 10 point player great but i want to see these guys who could have huge weeks on my team not you know i, I don't want it to be a, a new england backfield type of situation where it's like do i have to guess which week singletary is going to go off you know right 
Yeah, all valid points and definitely uh, definitely an interesting topic this week. Uh, it's uh, oh, real quick before we before we uh, end this one, everybody is uh, Tom Brady. Real quick, I mean, we all thought maybe at least I know I did that he was maybe uh, declining a little after last year. Definitely didn't put up the uh, old reliable numbers, but uh, must have just been a fluke year because. 42 years old, <laughs> positional ADP was 14, right now 7th, and bringing over Sanu, who knows, that uh, might bump him up that list a little higher. So I don't know what he's doing, but everyone in the world should be doing it. That's all I got to say. Uh, I'll tell you what he's doing. <laughs> Educated. He's, he's pl- he played Pittsburgh, Miami, the Jets, Buffalo, Washington, New York Giants, and the Jets. <laughs> that is- That's what he's doing. Can't argue that. The best team in the league has the softest schedule in the league. And that's why he looks like he's unbelievable. Valid point. Let's see how he does. Let's see how he does when he plays a little tougher defenses. I mean, he's got Baltimore, who's not the best defense, but it's it's an upgrade. Uh, Philly's got a better defense. Dallas, Houston. I mean, those are all, you know, solid defenses. And, I mean, if you look at it, he played Buffalo. Yeah, he won the game. But, I mean, they they – Kept him to 3.7 fantasy points. He had 150 yards and, a, and an interception. He didn't hardly do anything. So uh, I think that's just uh, more of a product of his um, schedule, not so much his fantasy talent. Touche. Very good. I mean, I would I would be more inclined to agree, agree with you if we weren't talking about you know Tom Brady. I mean, if it's I mean it's Tom Brady. Like it's it, at this point, you know, I used to just rag on him and say this and that and that this is the reason he's doing it. And it's like, but at this point, if he's succeeding, I'm just, it's, I'm just going to say it's because he's Tom Brady and he's the best, he's the best that's ever played. Um, but spe- speaking of goats, before we finish the conversation, uh, DK Metcalf. Oh, gosh. Um, We're on oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, oh, here he is. So DK Metcalf, just throwing this out there real quick. Cause he was the first, you know, ADP wise, uh, wide receiver rookie off the board. And he was the 49th, 49th uh, ADP uh, wide receiver, and he's the 56th rank. So he, he's he's lagging behind that a little bit. I just the only reason I want to talk about him really, I mean, besides the fact that he's uh, going to be the greatest receiver of, of all time, is that <laughs> he um, is. I honestly, based on the points I've seen him do, like uh, see him put up. I know that he's had a couple dud weeks. Like he's had, you know, a couple? twelve point, fifteen point week. <laughs> you know, he has put some put up some duds. Absolutely. I just, you know, he's had some twelve, some fifteen, and he's also the leader in the league in red zone targets. Um, you know, he's got nine red zone targets on the season from Russ, and that team's it's so efficient, and he's gotten some deep looks and everything. It just, it honestly is surprising to me that he is the fifty sixth in points per game played. Not even because of how I feel about him, but like. Th- those types of statistics, I feel like would 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 lean more towards better production. You know, sure. like a higher, like why is he not, why is he not? You know, the twenty fifth when he's getting the most red zone looks and he's getting he's on the most efficient passing offense with Russ. You know, the be- one of the best receiver, or the best quarterbacks in the league. It just it was honestly surprising to me in general to see that he was 
not even really in a 12-team league. He's a wide receiver five, technically. And that's that's honestly just lower than I expected. So I'm going to have to humor yeah. you for a second. So I had to pull his stats up, his game log for the year. I, I was curious. And uh, I don't I don't think it's a target issue. I mean, he's uh, he's getting the looks. I think it's a DK Metcalf issue. He's, he's just not bringing them <laughs> in. He's not catching them. I mean, he's getting between yeah. six and nine targets a game, and he's only hauling in like two. Yeah, if you look at okay. this last Sorry. week, he had a fumble. I'm just messing with you. He he, he does definitely have no. the potential, but as we all know, Ian's a Ian's a Metcalf lover. So, well, yeah, <laughs> actually, to defend Ian, I will give him this. I think DK Metcalf is a very interesting flex play the rest of the season with Will Disley's Achilles in- injury. Good point. Um, mm-hmm. And especially this next week, playing Atlanta and that horrendous defense they have, he could be a nice sleeper. Very good point. Yeah. And I guess that's him. He's he's just that next, you know, maybe Deshaun Jackson type of player. Which I mean, he's a deep threat, so I guess that's always sort of what he's supposed to be. It's just that, you know, he's a big, big physical guy. I know that Deshaun Jackson's not big necessarily, but just that he's – He's a downfield receiver. He's going to get deep targets, and he's going to be boom or bust. I mean, it's it's hard to imagine him ever being a like that. Honestly, I don't know that it's always a drop issue so much as you know when he's getting high targets. Like it's just that Russ is throwing his way. But when you're a deep ball guy, you're not going to be catching every ball. You know, it's just one of those things. So you know, I, I just even though he is the best of all time, <laughs> it's just. Um, Right now, right now, it's hard to start. It's hard to want to start him. I mean, I guess it's yeah. it's really super matchup dependent. Yeah. Well, it, also, it's kind of tough to for him to be a deep threat when they already have their Deshaun Jackson deep threat, small, quick deep threat guy, and you know Tyler Lockett. Right. And Lockett and Lockett also, you know, I saw that that list of red zone targets. Uh, Lockett's fifth. And that's just uh, more also indicative of just that Seahawks offense is so efficient when you got two receivers from the same team in top five red zone looks. I mean, they're always they're in the red zone a lot. And, you know, that to me should say they should quit running the ball so damn much and let Russ pass it more. But at the same time, I mean, it's working, I guess, for now. It It could be better, I think. But I mean. Just one of those things, I guess, where DK just for now is just a boomer bust player, and he, he might always be, but for right now, he's he just I guess more bust than I realized. Hmm. Well, Chris Carson, Chris Carson will just run over anyone. Really need to throw. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, good topic and discussion tonight, guys. We as our listeners uh, stick around. We're going to use this topic as the basis for our four for four here in a second. Hey guys, time for the three and out recap from last week. Uh, week seven was not a fun one. <laughs> um, Derek and I, we were very close. Uh, we had 60 and 59 uh, respectively, but Mike walked away with 104 points um, thanks to, you know, he had Hopkins, Waller, and Diggs. Um, in addition to Gardner Minshew and Melvin Gordon, but he just, he, he picked the real breakouts for the week. So, you know, respect to Mike. He's, he's a pretty good drafter. I think you guys probably picked up on that. Uh, 
you know, with the live draft and just some of the, the picks he makes. He's a pretty savvy guy. So shout out to Mike. He won this week. And uh, Zach's going to be with us still, as you've heard. Um, so we will be back to the 4 for 4 when he's around. So uh, prepare for that. All right, guys. So uh, now we're moving into the four for four draft. Um, you know, just like we did with the three and out last week, all four of us are here. So we're we're going to draft uh, like we used to with the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, uh, week eight only. And the you know the main segment of the week was uh, you know age is just a number. So what we're doing is you know we're tr- we are only picking guys. Um, based on their ages, um, and some of them um, didn't get included because you know bye weeks things like that. But it, we had to create a draft pool, so any we drafted, you know, we're including all the the running backs over a certain age, and so you'll see how it goes when we draft and whatever. So Mike, go ahead, you're on the clock. All right. Um... <clears throat> So for me, this one was pretty easy because uh, the position that there are the fewest players that I like is running back. And that's pretty true of most of fantasy. Um, so the pool we're looking at gives me the options of Carlos Hyde, Latavius Murray, LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gore is the old guys, uh, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, and Devin Singletary as the young guys. Uh, there's a couple of guys in there that I like okay. But the only one that I would be excited to have on my team and my first pick uh, would be Josh Jacobs. Nice. Yeah, good pick. I mean, that's what that's honestly who I wanted, so that was a really good pick. Um, so well, obviously, if Ian wanted him, definitely a really good pick. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with – this might be dumb because Julio is – included because he's over 30 he's included in our draft pool but i'm gonna go oh god no i'm going terry mclaurin i don't know (laughs) dk metcalf i thought for sure i don't know why but terry mclaurin feels right this week he had a he had a bad week last week i think the vikings game is going to be i think keenum's going to hit him a bunch i I just i don't know i'm I, i don't want any of those running backs right now so i'm going mclaurin Well, uh, thank you. Uh, being third overall, I was really hoping to get Josh Jacobs or Julio Jones. And, well, since you picked Terry McLaurin, I would very much so take Julio Jones. Um, I mean, he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, basically as consistent as can be, so I think it's pretty pretty easy. Yeah, you're just, me. I guess, hoping Matt Ryan plays this week. And they're saying he should, but, you know, and it that, makes a big difference. That's where I'm at. With That's the only reason I, I mean, I'll still take him. Nice pick. All right. So for me, I think I'm gonna, ooh, I'm gonna take uh, take my old guy, one of my old guys here, and I'm gonna take Golden Tate. And uh, <laughs> that's a toughie because the tight ends are pretty bad in our pool this week. I think I'm gonna have to jump down and. Uh, Take uh, <coughs> crap. Maybe not. Maybe not. I'm gonna <laughs> scoot over. Ooh, this is hard, guys. Um, 
because of the darn too old, too young is thrown off my thought process. All right, so after Golden Tate, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take some risk, I think, and grab a single Terry this week for my running back. Sounds good. Back to you, Zach. Um. Uh, you know, so you went Singletary Tate. and who, Derek? Tate. Uh, I think I'm going to go with another old guy, uh, a guy who's been seeing a lot of uh, goal line carries. And um, he's also been – he's got a pretty good running matchup as the Green Bay defense is not very good against the run. So I'm going to go with uh, LaShawn McCoy as my running back. Nice. Um, for me, I think I'm going to go on the old side here. Um, I want a running back. And I mean, as far as we know, Kamara's not playing this week. Uh, Latavius Murray had a big week last week and he, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals are a decent matchup, I guess. So why not go on Latavius Murray? All right. All right. I uh, wasn't going to mention it while it was still your turn, but as you guys have all selected your wide receivers, that frees me up. I don't have to pick another one, so I can wait on that position. Um, So I'm going to jump over to tight end because it is nasty, and even having my pick of the litter is not really that exciting. Um, (laughs) And I am going to grab – I'm going to take a little bit of a flyer on uh, just – you know, old faithful here, and I'm going to grab good old Greg Olson of the Carolina Panthers as my uh, first pick at the turn here. And that uh, gives me one old guy, one young guy, so i got to get one more of each. Um, and as I said, I don't need to take wide receiver because you guys have all picked wide receivers, so I can save that for last. And then I will also take my first pick of the quarterbacks. Um, <clears throat> only decision I have to make here is if I want to pick my last old guy or my last young guy. I like, I actually think that Kyler Murray will have a decent game against the Saints. Um, just, you know, because he's a dual threat on the ground and in the air. And, and even though the Saints defense is really good at creating turnovers and pressure, I think that he's going to have a decent game. But either way, I, I can't pass up the opportunity. I'm going to go ahead and grab the guy who has already done it and finished one overall. Well, actually, there's two on this list, so that's not really super indicative. But I'm going to take Russell Wilson. Good pick. All right, so that means you're stuck with a young wide receiver. Um, Correct. Right. Um, Oh, man, DK Metcalf's looking pretty juicy for you, I guess. Um, (laughs) So... Yeah, you know, you did point out though. I think I think that was really smart drafting on your part. You know, you you pointed out that you could have waited on wide. Re- you're going to wait on wide receiver, and I didn't realize that. You know, you guys had all picked your running backs. I could have waited on mine. So that that was smart. Um, That's why I didn't point it out. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. No, I get it. That was <laughs> that was smart. It didn't even cross my mind at the time. I was just thinking, oh man, I need a running back, but whatever. So I'm going to go for my tight end now. I think. I think I – th- I don't know why I f- keep 
my team is just living on flyers right now. But um, I'm going to go with Noah Fant. Ooh. All right. Mm, spicy. Wow. Um, Noah Fant because he's had a <laughs> – He's had some decent play so far this year, and with Emmanuel Sanders out, the short game could open up a little bit for him. So I'm going to go for that. Well, uh, for my tight end, uh, I'm going to go with his teammate T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, he's had he's had some uh, good weeks, you know, big touchdown or bust guy, but uh, he does play a very bad defense in the Giants this week, so. I feel like he's kind of a good uh, flyer on at tight end, and I think he has a little bit more upside than Noah Fant. So definitely a big fan of <laughs> T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah. I didn't realize they were teammates. That's crazy. Yeah, they both. Yeah, no, Iowa. I just meant like it just sounded like currently. I know they did in college. Right. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, you know what I meant. <laughs> All right, Derek. All right, so you got a. Uh, Close us out on your on your final two. So my thought originally was I wanted to go after Kirk Cousins this week and that Thursday night juicy matchup against the Skins. So if I did that, that would then leave me with a young tight end, which leaves me with Knox, which doubling down on Buffalo and Buffalo doesn't put up with so many points <laughs> not be the best thing. So if I switch it and go with a good old Jimmy Graham – that leaves me with me and my pal Minshew again who bit me in the butt a few weeks ago <laughs> on one of our drafts. So <laughs> I, um, I think I'm going to take the risk and double down on the Buffalo players this week, and I'm going to take Knox as my tight end and finish my, uh, my team off with old Kirk Cousins playing in D.C. tomorrow night. Or I don't know if they're playing in D.C., but playing D.C. at least. Uh, all right. Well, that leaves me with having to take a rookie quarterback. And, uh, well, it's between uh, Daniel Jones and uh, Gardner Minshew and Kyler Murray. And um, I'm just hoping Kyler Murray runs for his life. So uh, I'm going to finish off my draft with Kyler Murray. <laughs> Sweet. So. That leaves us to Ian. Ian, you got your QB, uh, and uh, yep, you're good. Yeah, no, got to pick my QB. Got to pick a, uh, got to pick an old guy, which I'm fine with. Um, let me double check a matchup real quick. Yes. Okay. So that means my QB has to be an old guy. So I'm picking Aaron Rodgers. Nice. Never, uh, never. Uh... A bad pick. Yeah, I mean, you know, he could always. I mean, I'm, that would have been awesome last week, of course, with six <laughs> six touchdowns. But um, at the same time, you know, it's Kansas City. They've got. Uh, they might not have Mahomes, but I mean, it's still, it still should be a solid offense under um, under Andy. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but um, you know, that defense isn't terribly great. So I'm just, why not trot out trot out Rogers. Sounds good, which brings it to me, and I will do just like Ian mentioned a minute ago. I'm going to take DK Metcalf, get that Wilson to Metcalf stack, and just hope for that uh, long bomb touchdown this week against that soft matchup. So uh, 
I'll go ahead and, and read back my team. Um, I've got quarterback Russell Wilson, wide receiver DK Metcalf, running back Josh Jacobs, and tight end uh, Greg Olson. Um, I had uh, wide receiver Terry McLaurin, running back Latavius Murray, tight end Noah Fant, and quarterback Aaron Rodgers. I went with my old guys as Julio Jones and LaShawn McCoy and the young guys, TJ Hawkinson and Tyler Murray. And I went my old guys being Golden Tate and Kirk Cousins and doubling down the uh, the young folks in Buffalo with Singletary and Knox. Awesome. So uh, now that we've all selected our teams, um, I'm going to – get the draft board fixed up. I'm going to share it to our league, share it to social media. Um, you can find us at SOFF podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, all that. Um, so follow us on there. If you haven't already vote on our poll, who you think is going to have the best team of the week. And uh, we'll be back next week with the recap for you. All right, everybody. So moving into our pains and gains tonight. Um, the amount of injuries this week I don't think was as bad as it has been, but there was definitely some big names uh, that went down, and you got to keep an eye on this week. So uh, the Chargers O-line took another huge hit, losing their guard, Forrest Lamp. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be like the replacements out there soon with the offensive line for the Chargers. So be wary of, <laughs> be wary of starting anybody over there. Uh, Will Fuller out supposedly for several weeks with a severe hamstring pull, so uh, – Keep an eye on who's the you know who could be the next man up out there between Kiki and the other group. Um, and then the reports come out today is Devontae Adams still isn't practicing, but at least he's getting a game time decision tag. Um, so then moving in some more that are uh, you know some major impacts from this week. We got Matt Ryan with an ankle sprain, which I think the initial reports remember right, he was in a walking boot coming out of the game at the end of the game. But they're saying he's actually possible to play this week. Uh, Matt Schaub is the backup. And that's, you know, a big impact to the Falcons, I, at least I think so, because, you know, Ryan's been on fire the past two weeks back to where a lot of us expected him to be. So uh, we'll see how that one shakes out. And probably the biggest impact to everyone in fantasy was the fantasy god Patrick Mahomes. Uh, knee injury uh, going down. Matt Moore, who's still around, came in for backup through 117 yards and a touchdown. So probably still uh, anybody who lost Patrick Mahomes and didn't have anybody sitting on the bench as a backup could probably scoop him up and still survive this week possibly if the rest of your team is pretty solid. But uh, the reports right now is it's a long shot for this week, even though he did practice in a limited fashion, I heard. So we'll see what happens there. So keep an eye on that one. Patrick Mahomes in fantasy is a really interesting one because this is, I mean, I think this happens probably every year with, with quarterbacks. Like there's one who everyone sees as like the elite top tier by himself type guy like Rogers used to be, and everyone would draft him super early. And like what you said is, you know, you could, depending on like the depth of your league and waivers and stuff, like you could still replace Patrick Mahomes production, like 75% of it off of waivers any given week. Why, yeah. why spend a high pick on a guy like that? You know, why, you know, a third round pick, I think is like the general ADP 
in in 12 team leagues and it's like why why would you not go for a wide receiver one potentially or a rb2 you know when you can easily replace a quarterback in a one qb league like i was in a dynasty startup this year where a guy in a one qb startup league where he drafted patrick mahomes fourth overall wow and and it just blows my mind like i i don't know just in terms of you know fantasy production i just do not understand in one qb leagues why you would why you'd put yourself in that situation because now that he's out and you're going to replace him it's not even that big of a difference yeah well and especially when you could have got like lamar jackson in like the 10th round or whatever it was going. yeah true i mean he, right. he's pretty pretty close to patrick Mahomes' uh production if not better yeah for fantasy purposes yeah, so far. And, I mean, I think I saw a stat the other day where the top-producing quarterbacks this season, and probably every season really generally, but, you know, are all the, the rushing quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, definitely. Da- Dak's going off. Lamar's going off. And at Kyler. the end of the – Kyler, exactly. At, so – and all of those guys you could have gotten probably in the ninth round or later potentially. So why miss out on a top running back or wide receiver? Yeah. You know, if you can just pick up – anybody in a later round or even off of waivers, you know? Yeah. Yeah, especially that, that fourth overall pick that you said. I mean you could have got Zeke, Kamara, uh CMC or um Barkley. Exactly. Yeah, good points. Uh so next big uh, big injury for the week was Adam Thielen. He still at least gave his owners last week some points with catching that that uh, touchdown, but injured himself in it. Um pulled his hamstrings already been ruled out for Thursday I saw earlier. Um, so good news for Diggs owners. I'd definitely be rolling them out. I mean, they're, <clears throat> they're playing the Redskins, so the Vikings should have a uh, pretty pretty good field day Thursday night. So uh, any, I'd almost be rolling out any pass catcher right now with the way Cousins has looked the past couple of weeks. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, actually, with Thielen, he is out Thursday, as you said, but he was actually had a chance of playing Thursday. So I think uh, I think his outlook should be. I think he will be playing for week nine. That's a good point. So I think I think he should only be out a week. Yeah, definitely a good point. So don't panic, Thielen owners. Very good catch. I am and, one of them. Yeah. And in fantasy, too, um, that's really important is with Thielen out, the Vikings are one of those teams where their top two receivers are really good. But beyond that, it's a, like a huge drop-off. Like, you know, like Ola B.C. Johnson or – um, Laquan Treadwell are like the next two men up, and so I don't know if that's going to affect Diggs a lot, like with the coverage. I'm not, you know, I don't know the analytics behind all that, but just it's crazy to see how a team could go from, you, you know, it, it's such a shallow, so shallow at the top with wide receivers that it's you know losing e- either one of them is is a pretty big hit. Yeah, and you're probably right. Giving yeah. any other matchup in the NFL besides the Redskins, <laughs> so right, think- right. That yeah. theory for any other team would definitely be lead you to have some pause on rolling out Diggs or Rudolph or somebody like that. But the fact that they're playing the Skins, I don't think I could be wrong. But uh, don't think you have too much to, too much to worry about. But it is a good point. You right. know, on a team like the Vikings, you know, they're that one-two punch. You lose one of them, it could hurt the other. Yeah, I mean, it, I it, I could see it being a a little bit more of a boost in Dalvin Cook, which. He doesn't really need it, but might be another target or two. But I really think it could be uh, helpful for anybody to stream a tight end. I mean, Kyle Rudolph or Herb Smith, they might be 
someone to take a look at with Thielen uh, out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with uh, well, who's on by this week? Andrews and surprisingly, everybody, a lot of people have been using Witten. So if you're needing a tight end to stream this week, you could easily I'd, I'd, I'd plug and play uh, a Kyle Rudolph or something this week and take the chance on it if I needed it. Yeah, definitely. But all right, so one of the ones that uh, <laughs> I think everyone in the fantasy world gave a big old WTF to the Cardinals this weekend was uh, the DJ situation. Oh God! Reports came out. Looked good to go and what played three snaps I think was the total snap count one one carry something two rushes two, two rushes, rushes. Okay. yeah I mean I mean what carries. the heck was that about that's just like yeah, that's that's just deceiving <laughs> I know I was unfortunately one of those ones did that you, did, you, did you guys see their Twitter account yes after? I saw it did you guys see their the I I think that they were just I don't think they uh, I mean it like makes it feel malicious but I I think they were just you know, they didn't know either. Like the guy, uh, I heard somebody say the guy that, you know, posts for their Twitter account probably like had DJ and started him over <laughs> Chase Edmonds and was just like, Oh, I shit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I mean, if DJ owners, I sure hope you picked up Chase Edmonds last week because he was probably sitting around at least in non dynasty leagues and your redraft leagues. Or if you're a DJ owner, I hope I sure hope you traded for him before he uh, for a Chase Edmonds before he went off last weekend because uh, that boy's pretty good. I got a good buddy uh, actually, uh, Superman has been on the show a couple or with some of our segments and stuff, and we've talked about him a few times. He's a huge Cardinals fan, and he's been saying now since they got Edmonds last year that uh, he was going to be the future of Arizona. So he might be right. We'll see. There you go. They just signed. Uh... Old boy Zach Zinner, he bounced oh, yep. from the uh, the Saints last week. Whenever, whenever they Camaro was out, they signed him and then they released him, and now the Cardinals and Alfred so we'll see what. Which, is, which for those of you guys holding on to a prayer for JIJ to come back, I think it's time to let that prayer go because he got passed over by both Alfred Morris and Zach Zinner. And I think that tells you something. <laughs> yeah, Zach Zinner got yeah. signed by two teams before JJ got signed by. Eddie. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right, so another big one, which kind of came as a surprise, at least I, I thought, uh, Kieran Johnson hitting the IR for that knee injury. That kind of like it came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. Definitely a big impact because they let C.J. Anderson go earlier in the year. So the next man up there was Ty Johnson, which I did a little looking. He did decent in preseason and – and his limited work, you know, giving KJ some rest, he's gone 23 rushes for 83 yards, which isn't horrible. But uh, so we'll see what happens this week. And I don't, I don't think they've signed anybody this week, have they? I think they brought somebody up from the practice squad. Yeah, they re Yeah, they, uh, they activated Paul Perkins. Yeah, Paul, Paul okay. Perkins activated from the practice squad, correct. Uh, but, yeah, I think that uh, just to comment on that a little bit, I think this is more – uh, detrimental to carry on Johnson than just him losing this season because last season they they showed that they were hesitant to give him a full workload like make him mm, a, yeah. a bell cow and he's got a he's got a real long history of uh, of injury history and I think that this is just going to kind of confirm for them that you know they probably can't rely on on just one guy so not that you know obviously can't tell the future it's going to be a long time before we see him again just because of the nature of IR but I think that this has just got to be disappointing for you if you're a carry-on fan or if you have him on Dynasty team or something like that because he's very talented for sure, but it, it's looking you know, like they, they probably won't 
you won't ever be the bell cow that you'd like yeah. him to be. True. Yeah. Definitely had some red it's flags. Big, yeah, definitely sucks too because he has all the skill in the world. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Definitely very talented. He, you hate to see He's him. one of those players too that makes you sort of question how how to value players with injuries, with injury histories, because sometimes, you know, sometimes there are players who just have weird freak injuries and people just refer to them as injury prone, which I guess in a way they do get injuries, but it's not always like, like carry on. He has an injury history that, 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 that has a future of injury problems. Like it's, it's not going away. Like it's, it's like a Tyler, Tyler Eifert type situation where it's like, he's, he's gonna get hurt. And it's like, it sucks, but it's, it's going to most likely happen as opposed to, you know, there's David Johnson who, you know, this year, I don't, I'm, you know, his whole back thing, I'm not totally sure, but, but, you know, like he was out in 2017, all of 2017. And so people were like, Oh, he's injury prone, but it was like, he broke his wrist. Like it's, it's, there's, there's always a difference. People see he's on IR, he's out for the season or Keenan Allen. He had what a ruptured kidney or something crazy. Like these aren't, Sometimes these are, yeah. they're not always injuries that are going to happen again. Yeah. So you always you got to right. kind of weigh like you got to see which ones are like long term type of you know problems. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. Yeah, that's a good distinction. All right, well, we have the last one for the pains for the week, which, as uh, Zach pointed out when we were having some discussion online, could be a game, depending on how you view it. Um, so Josh Gordon hitting the uh, hitting the old IR. I, I uh, think I called it, guys, when I, I think I texted you all and said, hey, that trade for uh, Sanu to the Pats, is that uh, telling us that Josh Gordon's got a bigger problem than they were leading on to? And lo and behold – got the answer today and the answer was yes <laughs> over to the IR yeah 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 um I think that a big part of that Josh Gordon would have been a uh, a free agent after this season and you know with Nikhil Harry coming back and them signing Sanu and um Edelman just was it like a year or two ago signed a, signed a, yeah, a yeah. little extension or it might have been this year and uh, so I, I I saw something today that talked about most of their wide receiving wide receiver core is locked up for the next couple of years. And, you know, the Patriots, they, their game plan is always Super Bowl. It's never like rebuilding year. It's always yeah. Super Bowl year. So I think that this is just a, just, just a business move for them. You know, they, they, they held on to him. They used him where they needed him. And then they, you know, they don't really need him anymore. So they're going to yeah, let him so go. I think, what, week 16? Week 16 eligible for return. So it could definitely be uh, something interesting. I think that's if uh, I think that's if he if he returned to the Patriots. I think if they release him uh, from IR, um, because uh, as Zach and we were talking about a minute ago um, before this session, um, he there are reports that he's saying that he's good to go, that he's pretty much recovered within the next week or two, and uh, they could release him and he could sign uh, with another uh, team. Uh, I don't think that that IR designation follows. Interesting. Him. So you're telling me I should not have just dropped him in my money league. About an hour ago. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. I had an excess of wide receivers. I, I, I was thinking about dropping him this week anyway if he was still out for the week for somebody else. So, <laughs> All right. Well, so a couple couple games for the week. We just alluded to one a second ago, the trade for Mohamed Sanu, the Patriots for a second-round pick. That's uh, They wouldn't have given up a second-round pick if they didn't see something in the guy and if they didn't want to lock him down. So 
He'll probably be there for a little while. Uh, Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. Golly, wrong Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> traded uh, at a fifth round, traded the 49ers for a third and a fourth. So we'll see if that uh, gives a little bit more steadiness and solidifies that uh, wide receiver core. The 49ers have been really up and down. And um, I think I saw some earlier in the week that Kareem Hunt was allowed to be back at practice and start practicing this week. But I haven't seen that he was practicing. So we'll keep an eye on that one. And then some good news, uh, Drew Brees, Mahomes, as we mentioned earlier, Nick Foles, Sterling Shepard, and Tyrell Williams are all practicing today, Wednesday, but in a limited fashion. So it's at least progress in the right direction. When it comes uh, – A quick thing on the Sanders uh, trade. This is a big boost for me to – for uh, Portland Sutton. He had already been having a, quite a breakout year, but uh, – now he's the clear-cut number one in Denver, so I feel like he might be, you know, that weekly wide, wide receiver one, two fringe kind of guy now. Yeah. Uh, like, guaranteed. And then uh, also Deshaun Hamilton will get a boost now that he's going to probably move up to the wide receiver two slot guy and replace uh, uh, Sanders in that role. So yeah, that's true. Keep and an eye out for Hamilton turned well. in a couple of good games last year too, didn't he, if I remember right? Toward the yeah, yeah he, had, he, he had like uh, – like, 14, 15 receptions in like the last two two weeks uh, last season, I think. There's our <laughs> sleeper pick for the week. <laughs> Go get Hamilton if he's still out there. Yeah, so with with uh, Drew Brees coming back, it's interesting for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, he he got there last year, um, and people talked talked about him as the the heir to the you know the Brees throne and everything. He you know potentially but they hadn't seen him play in so long because of his leg thing. And now he's playing pretty well. Um, so, you know, Bridgewater owners, it might be one of those situations where he could, you know, he might lose out because, you know, obviously Breeze would, Breeze is definitely a start over him, but at the same time, there's so many QB injuries right now and the trade deadline's coming up. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody sends a pick for Teddy, um, you know, like, I don't know if a first would be worth it for Teddy, honestly, but I mean, a, a second for Sanu is, I mean, a first for Teddy can't be that insane, but <laughs> true. Um, I'm just curious if any team would actually be willing to, you know, after what they've seen the last couple of weeks, Hey, let's, let's take a shot on, on Teddy. I mean, why not? Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> being from Minnesota, it's kind of hard to see him doing well in a Saints uniform, <laughs> considering we hate the Saints as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, touchy as, subject. As the re- as the resident Saints guy over here, I'm actually curious what Breeze coming back is gonna mean for the team. The Saints have always uh, have always been a team that you know could could beat anybody, but well, not always, but the last couple of years have been an offense that could beat anybody, but could lose based on you know just like how the game's going and stuff. And and I'm just really curious the nobody expected us to be five and zero, you know, with, with no, Teddy. Not at all. <laughs> um, and so I'm, it's just an interesting thought if breeze comes back. And I actually think that it'd be better for the overall chemistry of the team. If he came back before, you know, versus the Cardinals, a little bit softer matchup um, because, you know, then they can work on their chemistry um, uh, against that, against the Cardinals and then through the bye. But 
at the same time, I'm just, I'm just kind of curious, you know, the defense has rallied to protecting, you know, to, to doing well and to keeping games in, in reach. And then uh, the line and the offense has really rallied around Teddy. So I'm just curious to see what, what kind of difference it, it makes, you know, cause at this point, like you, you literally, obviously you'd never consider benching your hall of fame quarterback for, you know, your backup, but like Teddy's five and zero, oh. So it's just, it's uh, it's obviously Breeze's job, but it, it'll just be interesting to see what uh, effect it has if, and if, and when he comes back, you know, before the buyer after. Yeah. I, I, I think too, one important fantasy takeaway or a couple of important fantasy takeaways is, you know, with, with Bridgewater, it's proven like a, a small handful of things. Like for starters, you know, a lot of people thought long-term Michael Thomas is dependent on Drew Brees. Turns out that's false. You know, right. Michael Thomas is still the undisputed top receiver there. He's, I think he's the wide receiver one in fantasy. I mean, yeah, he's I he is, not yeah. right. So Bridgewater, Brees doesn't matter. Turns out Michael Thomas is not dependent on, on, on Brees. And that's awesome to know for long-term, you know, dynasty and stuff. Then there's Kamara, who seems to have, you know, his his uh, ceiling has gone down, seems, with Breeze out. Um, so that kind of sucks. So maybe long-term with him. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be bad. I just, I don't know that, will he be an elite RB1, you know, top three, top four, like he, we thought he would be if Breeze retires soon. Because with Teddy, it hasn't been quite the same. And then Jared Cook is like the opposite. Jared Cook's been putting up really pretty good numbers with Teddy, but he was putting up nothing with Breeze. And so now does Cook go back to irrelevant with Breeze or, you know, does, has he just need time to warm up and now he's good to go? I don't know. I just, in terms of fantasy, it's, it's great to see Michael Thomas, but I'm curious to see how Kamara and Cook fare now, you know, depending on what quarterback is playing. Yeah, definitely good points. Yeah. Just uh, so everybody keep a keep an eye out for that QB situation, and you know, with Foles coming back into the mix and and all, that's going to be another interesting QB shakedown. And if Newt, Cam Newton gets back to playing status this year, we'll see uh, see who keeps their jobs uh, as far as the backups go as the season progresses. All right. Well, uh, for me this week, uh, I had a a little bit of an underperformance in my main home league and took the L, unfortunately. But uh, in the SFL, I continued my domination of my league. Uh, I am now 6-1, and one, thanks to the Sony Michelle three touchdowns and Patriots defense, uh, Monday night football. And then uh, I actually made a big trade. I traded for Le'Veon Bell. I traded Sony Michelle and Gerald Everett to the last place guy. He was in need of a tight end, and I knew he was not very good at making trades, so I got Bell for cheap. Nice. But, yeah, that's uh, that's that's me for this week on how I did. Um, that's not, nothing else really crazy happened in my home league. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I was uh, nothing too crazy. Pulled out a squeaker of a win in my money league finally, so now we're like 10 of us are like 4-1 and one, all sitting in first place. Or not 4-1, <laughs> but 4 and. What week are we in? Eight? Three. Four and three. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Sorry, I've been traveling all week, everybody, so my mind's a little mushy tonight. 
four and three. They're like 10 of us sitting in first place right now. So we'll see how that goes. We had, I'm on a slide in my SFL, so not doing so great oh, yeah. for some reason. I don't know what's going on. But... I'm actually uh, ranked like 24th or something in the SFL, like overall rankings now. So I've been nice. You'll move up pretty high this year. But oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm right there with you with my with my leagues this week. Nothing, nothing crazy, nothing earth shattering. Kind of fifty fifty with them. So yeah, I'm still I'm still the leading point scorer in my one league where I have basically a super team, and I'm four and three, and I do not understand it at all. <laughs> nice. Oi, this week was not a great one for Team Castile. I had losses across most of my leagues. Um, I actually pulled out a win in the SFL, so that was nice. Um, I'm now four and three in League I. So shout out to League I. Hope you guys all lose. Um, but the most heartbreaking thing that happened to me. Um, is that I lost in my super team league that I thought I could go undefeated all season, the eight-team home league that I'm in. I needed 20 – I needed two and a half – no, just two total more points from the Patriots' defense um, on Monday night, and it looked like I was going to get it. And if any of those interceptions had been a pick six, I would have won. But uh, it was a pretty fair and square matchup. Um, all of my players pretty much showed up, but so did the other guys. And then I had carry on, um, who, you know, went down for injury early in the game, only got me about two points. So that was kind of what sealed the deal. But, uh, unfortunately I will have to have at least one loss in that league, but you know, I won't have any more, so it'll be fine. <laughs> um, also exciting. Uh, I am still alive in the, uh, 1977 guillotine league that is um shout out commished by devil this last week i was the second lowest scorer due to uh my team completely underperforming i was actually on the weekly report i had the um the biggest missed projection by like 45 percent um and that that could be low ball in it but uh anyway worked out pretty well for me to be the lowest scorer um, because second lowest score, the lowest score that stayed in the league, because that means that this week I got carry on. I mean, not carry on Johnson. I got Chris Godwin. And then with my, uh, second pickup, because I don't know that that many other people were targeting him. I also got Ty Johnson. That's why I was thinking carry on Johnson. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Those leagues, they end up getting tight and, uh, your team gets exciting once it gets to the end of this. There are now officially, let me tell you how many teams are left in that league. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine of 16 teams left. So it's getting tighter and tighter. And each week, everybody's teams get a little bit better. So right now, my starters are uh, Josh Allen. Devonta Freeman and jo Ty Johnson, so not super great, but not terrible. My wide receivers are Hopkins and Godwin, um, and then I have both Evan Ingram and Zach Ertz, so I'm starting uh, one of them in the flex and one of them in my tight end spot, and then I've got uh, Robbie Anderson currently in in my flex, but if Chase Edmonds ends up starting over um, David Johnson this week, I'm going to plug him in. Um, and if Devonta Adams comes back this week, he will also be slotted in because I've got him on my bench as well. Uh, and then I've got Michael Gallup, who's on by, and Matt Breda, who 
is a decent backup in a normal league, but in this league, he just feels like, you know, he could be a better start than Ty Johnson, but I don't know. I'm I'm going to roll the dice on Ty Johnson versus the Giants this week. So we'll see. But yeah, that's fun. Um, so that was a, a decent win. Uh, and then I had another league where I squeaked out a win um, by one point with uh, Sony Michelle's three touchdown performance on Monday night. And that's a league where you only start five players. It's a running back to wide receiver, a normal flex and a super flex. So that's fun. That's a 22 person league. I'm in a lot of those big leagues. They, they tend to be fun, but uh, yeah, overall, not a great experience, but had a couple of fun wins and uh, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. And we'll uh, keep on going down the road. Yeah, so I did not do too super well in my leagues this week. Uh, probably my second worst week of the season. You know, I'm in 15 leagues. I lost, I think, probably about 12 of them, which some of those aren't terribly surprising because I'm tanking because I'm rebuilding in a couple dynasties. But, you know, in general, I'm just not doing super hot. Um, and that's fine. You know, some of them I think I can rebound. Um, SFL League J that I'm in, I don't know that I'll be able to rebound. My roster is still pretty solid. I haven't really been hit with many injuries. Um, It's just middling production from my players, so hopefully they can pick it up. I'm not really sure. Maybe I maybe I should need to stream better defenses because I I I picked up the Jags but forgot to start them. So they got 18 points on my bench, and I ended up having to pick up the Jets before Monday night, which obviously was not great. So I'm three and four in my SFL league, and that sucks, but. You know, we'll see. I'm not terribly worried about it. It's a free league, and it is fun, and I am trying, but just not doing so hot. And then I, uh, the other one I wanted to shout out was the, uh, I joined a new league um, Monday night, I think it was. It's a 22-team dynasty startup, and I joined it after the draft. They needed four guys to fill some orphan teams, and I told them, you know, just give me the worst one. Make it a challenge, and it's rough, you know, the only really startable players. I got Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, DJ Moore, and Mike Williams. Like literally my starting quarterback is Josh Rosen. My starting tight end is Lee Smith from the Bills. So I've got a lot of work to do, but uh, making trades, it's pretty active so far. So we'll see how it goes. But I think I could, I think I could turn it around. But uh, yeah, that's, that's my leagues for the week. All right, everybody, another segment today with our uh, SFL update and Devil. Uh, another quick reminder, the SFL is the large league on Sleeper app um, that they are running. Pretty fun, entertaining. Um, they have over 200 people in a bunch of different leagues. If you win, you move up into the next higher-ranking league for next year. If you lose, you go down. Pretty uh, pretty straightforward and simple, but uh, good job to the guys running it. It's a lot of fun, and hope they keep doing it. So, Without further ado, here's Devil for our weekly update on how everybody in the league is doing. Hey guys, how are you? Uh, just going over the league averages to start, to start off. The league averages for the highest scores is about 140.86. The league average, yeah, it's not bad. A little lower than last week, I think. Last week we were in the 150s. Yeah, yeah. It seems to be flipped yeah. between that 140, 170 range every week, though, so... Pretty good. Yeah, not bad. The lowest averages is uh, 55.46. All right. Uh, biggest blowout averages was 104%. Ooh, and narrowest victory averages was 6%. Not 
Okay, so that's up from a little the past few weeks. The past few weeks, you guys are really close ones. Yeah, there's uh, there's a few leagues that were really high for uh, the narrowest victories in the 20%, which uh, I think raised the average up a little bit. But, yeah. Uh, wasn't too bad. Well. The uh, top scorers out of the BFL, League Z, was Fado uh, with uh, 149.86. Nice. League Y was New Jacks at 119.16. Hey, I know that guy. Good job, New Jacks. <laughs> League uh, X, 124.86 from Stone 108. And League W with 126.52. Zach. Hey, everybody. Hey, I know that guy too. Yeah, very <laughs> own Zach. <laughs> Shout out. So shout out to all of them. They did a great job. Lowest score came out of uh, League X with 56.66. So BFL guys are uh, are doing pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. They're going to take over some of us and <laughs> Yeah, next next year they'll year. <laughs> uh next year they'll be in the uh in the SFL and uh hopefully carry on their uh their winning ways. Top scores in the SFL. Jay was pork chop who scored 172.56. Nice. I think the next closest was uh, about 10 points back or oh. about six points back. 165.72. So he's uh he did pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good, pretty good lead on their next closest person. Yeah, the uh, lowest score came out of League A, our uh champions for this year, Ooh. Rocker Muffin. Scored forty point one six points. Ouch! From yeah, well, <laughs> well below the average. Eh? I need like a womp womp button or something for this podcast. Womp womp, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Good job, Rocker. No. <laughs> God, there'll be better weeks. I think he's had better weeks. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, biggest blowout came out of League A, obviously, with a score of forty point forty point one six from Rocker Muffins. He went up against. Juju83, who scored 106.94 with a difference of 166.3%. Nice. And the narrowest victories, I think said there's a, a few in the 20s that, that really, skewed really the blew, skewed the, the average up higher, but there is a couple below 1%, actually a couple around 0%. Huh? Uh, League I had 0.2%. Robert Tandy Levin scored 96.9. He was up against Raja 20, who scored 96.74. A difference difference of 0.16. Nice. And the lowest, another one in the, another one that shows up as 0%, it was actually 0.02%. A difference of 0.02. TX Spartan scored 97.06. And he went up against Anne Frigg, who scored 97.04. Wow. That's, uh, I don't even know how that's possible, but... Uh, that's close. That's that's pretty close. So that's those were close. the... Uh, those were the narrowest victories. Uh, There's one league I want to shout out to. Uh, league K. They're... 
lowest score was 60.14. Their highest score is 116.12. So they're uh, parity from the lowest to the highest is, is I think, a difference of about 50-some or 60 points or so. So they're, uh, they're pretty close. Nice. They did pretty good, yeah. Yeah, and that uh, that concludes this week's uh, this week's report on the SFL. And tune in next week for the rest. Awesome! Appreciate you coming on, Devo, and uh, good luck, everybody, this week. And we'll good talk luck to you next week. This has been another episode of Speaking of Fantasy Football. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit at SOFF Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you next week.